Hey everyone, welcome to Alpine Church Online. We're so glad you've joined us for another online worship service. And I just want to say in particular, if you're new to Alpine Church, maybe uh, you haven't ever attended. We know we've been getting a lot of folks joining us online. We're so glad that you're joining us, checking us out. Just want to encourage you to continue to check us out online. Check out all of our resources we have available for you and your family at this time. And we hope someday when this whole lockdown ends, that you'll be able to join us at one of our campuses and worship with us in person. Before we get to our uh, first lesson in this brand new series on chaos today, I wanna just uh, have a little bit of fun with the comment section. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, why don't you just make a comment on there and tell us what you could use right now. What are you running short on in your cupboard or in your pantry right now? I think that'd be a, a lot of fun for us to interact with one another a little bit. It's, it's almost like having community together. So go ahead and do that for the next couple of minutes while we get warmed up. Now, today we're starting this brand new series and in this first lesson, we're going to answer the question, where is God in the chaos? And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to the book of First Peter. And here's what we're going to learn in this first lesson. Even in the midst of chaos, we should live with great expectation because God is here and he's actively working for good. You know, I don't know if you're one of those half cup half full or cup half empty people. I don't know if you're an optimist or a pessimist. I know that uh, maybe in your household, you've got some of you are optimists, some of you are pessimists. I think we're going to see that Peter was an optimist because in the early church, when he wrote this letter to the church in first Peter, he was writing in the context of incredible chaos. Now they weren't going through a pandemic like we are today in our world. But they were experiencing persecution. In fact, persecution was, a, was about to get really, really bad. In fact, I encourage you to read uh, the letter of 1 Peter this week. It's a short letter. I encourage you to read it. Today's message will give you some context for it. But Peter is writing the Christians to encourage them. He's writing the Christians to tell them that even in the midst of this craziness and this chaos, that they should they should hold it together, that they should expect good things, that the, the short answer, just to spoil this message, the short answer is God is here. Where is God in the chaos? Well, God is still here. God hasn't left. God is still present. He is still with us. And we're going to see in what sense he's with us as we dig into this message today. But I want to give us some context with this first verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says this, now we live with great expectation. And then later in verse six, he says, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. You know, probably you're thinking that's a great verse right now. Maybe you can share that one on Facebook or on Twitter this week. You are going to be going through some more trials. The government's been telling us this. The media has been telling us this. I don't know if you're watching the news like we are at our house but we're watching it sort of with expectation. What can, we, what can we expect next week? What can we expect next month? When can we expect all of this to be over? And I just wanna read these words again. Paul says, or Peter says this, be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials for a little while. You know, the early church had to endure incredible trials. I would suggest that they endured trials that were a lot harder than what we even have to endure today in our world, in our lives. 
Some of you maybe are praying for family members or friends. I know we, had a, we have a great family member at, at our West Haven campus who lost a member of their family due to the coronavirus, and that's hard. And, and so when you think about that, it's probably hard to read this. There's some dissonance there, and you say, I don't, I don't know if I really can be truly glad in a time like this. Well, I want to encourage you that you can. You can live with great expectation. And we're going to see how Peter unpacks this for the early church and how this still applies to us today. God is present for us today in three primary ways. And I want to look at that together as we dig into this. And I want to encourage you that even after this message to talk about this, we have resources online, talk about this with your family, with your small group, talk about this in a one-on-one mentoring relationship. Unpack what Peter is saying in 1 Peter to the church today, even in the midst of this pandemic. Let's take a look at the first point. God is here through his spirit. That means that you can expect to see God's power on display in a personal way. One of the, one of the great uh, questions that you can, I think, talk through with your family today, even before you move on with the rest of your day before you have lunch together or whatever it is you're gonna do is, is maybe sit down and ask yourselves this question, where have we seen God's power in a personal way? You know, maybe even in this pandemic, you've experienced God's power in a personal way. How many of you know that God loves to use chaos to show us things, to open our eyes to some things. Next week, we're gonna dig into that a little bit more. We'll talk about how to leverage chaos in your personal situation. But for now, I just want you to think about how God has personally shown himself to you in the midst of this craziness. I know that in our family, we've seen this to be true. In fact, years ago, we saw in one of our most chaotic moments in our family's history, we had a health crisis. In the midst of that crisis, God showed up in a real personal way. And I want to invite you to expect God to do the same thing in your world and in your family right now. Don't run from chaos. Run to God in chaos. Let's look at the scripture. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him, and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to I point out a couple things here. First of all, I want you to notice that the Trinity is right here in 1 Peter 1, verse 2. It talks about God the Father. It talks about God the Holy Spirit. And it talks about God the Son, Jesus Christ. Some of you, as you've studied God's word, you realize that God is three in one. And I love that when we're reading scripture, we see things like that pop up. But the next thing I want you to see and this is more relevant for today's message, is the personal language that Peter is using here. He says, God the Father knew you. If you have your Bibles out, mark that up, underline that, highlight that. God God the Father knew you. God the Father chose you long ago. His spirit has made you holy. And as a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed. And as we read on in verse five, it says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Man, we can see that Peter is talking to a church in the midst of chaos, in the midst midst of crisis. And I encourage you to take, take hope from these words that God is protecting you. Where's God in the chaos? God is here. God wasn't surprised by any of this. 
God wasn't taken off guard by what's going on in the world right now. God knows exactly what's happening and, and when everything is going to return to normal. And in the meantime, God's protecting you. In the meantime, God is still present. I want to invite you to recognize that God is present in the midst of this trial. Now, before we move on to the next point, I just want to encourage you that if you want God to show up in a personal way, you have a part to play. And one of the things I, I encourage you to do, if, if you've never done this before, this is a great time to start reading God's word for yourself. This is one of the ways that, that God can show up in the midst of this chaos. You probably have a little bit more time on your hands now, now that the shutdown is in full swing. I know for us, that's how we feel too. We feel like uh, we're taking more walks than ever before. It's kind of been nice actually to connect with our kids and to connect as a, as a married couple, my wife and I together. But this might be a great time for some of you who, who aren't really used to reading God's word to make a decision to get into God's word, to pursue God in God's word. And God will speak to you personally in his word. I promise you that. That's what his word tells us. Here's the second thing that we realize, that God is here through his people. That means that we can expect to be the church even when we can't go to church. How many of you know that church isn't a building? I'm standing in our Leighton campus right now. There's hardly anyone here, just a few tech people. Thanks, tech people, for supporting us. That's it. That's all we have right here. But you're the church right where you are. The church is not a place. The church is not a building. The church is not a, a service time. The church is a people. You are the church. I am the church. And what that means is we can still be the church even when we can't go to church. What that means is you can be the church in your community. Moms and dads, you can be the church to your kids right now. The Bible says that parents are the pastors in their home. This is maybe an opportunity for you to parent and pastor like never before. You can be the church in the midst of all this. Let's go to the text. First Peter chapter two, verse five, it says this, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. If you read the rest of this passage earlier in first Peter two, Peter says that, that we've rejected the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. I think the visual there is that is these, if you could imagine this uh, construction site and they're building a temple. And the cornerstone was, was that stone that kind of allowed you to line up everything vertically and horizontally. And the visual here is that they've, they've, the, the builders have, have left the cornerstone over off to the side and it's sitting there and they're not even using it. So that means the building's not gonna be right. And later on, Peter says that they're actually tripping over the cornerstone. They're tripping over Jesus. Jesus is integral to this whole picture, to the temple, to what we're building. But what he's saying right here, he's going beyond the fact that Jesus is the cornerstone and he's saying, you, the church, you and I are the living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. In the Old Testament, the, the people of God, when they were wandering through the desert in the wilderness, they, they, God gave them the tabernacle, which was kind of like a, a temporary temple. And then eventually after David and after David died and Solomon, when the kingdom of Israel came into all of its glory in Solomon's days, Solomon built this temple and now they worshiped God at this temple. But I think what happened is that 
in the church and, or in the, in the early, in the people of God in Israel's history, they started making it all about a temple. They started making it all about a place. And then eventually the temple was destroyed. And, and now here we are in the New Testament. And Peter is saying this to the church. And this is so important for us to hear today. He's saying, look, you're the temple. The tabernacle was temporary. Even the Solomon's temple was temporary. And he's saying, you're the temple. This is what God was moving toward. This is what he was building toward all along is that he was gonna build a people. The people of God are the church. It's not a building. It's not a temple. You're the temple. You're the people of God. And then later in chapter two, he says this, you are a chosen people. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And I love what he says right here. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. I think what Peter's referring to there is that the church was made up of Jews and Gentiles. This had never happened before in history. In, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were all, were all Jewish. It was very rare for a Gentile to be accepted into the family of God. But in the New Testament, after Jesus died and rose again, he was calling a people together of, of all different backgrounds, united by Jesus, the cornerstone, because if we don't have Jesus in the church, then we don't have a church. Jesus is the head of our church. But what he's saying is, look, God chose you and he's put you together to show the goodness of God, to reveal the goodness of God to the people around you. He says, he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You used to have no identity, but now you do. Now you are God's people. If you're a part of Alpine Church, then you are a part of the church of the living God. Not because of Alpine or anything like that, but you're a part of the church of the living God. These, these words were spoken to you. You have an identity as God's people. God is present in chaos through us. And I actually think, I personally believe that this is probably a wake-up call for the church all around the world, that, that we need to remember that the church isn't a building, the church is a people. I wanna challenge you to be present in the world, be present in chaos, be present in your home. Moms and dads, this is a great opportunity for you to engage with your, with your kids at a whole new level. Be the church at home. I encourage you to be the church in your community. You probably can't go out and do a whole lot right now. And although we are still doing a lot of outreach at Alpine Church as Alpine Church, but be the church in your community. Reach out to someone. I, I challenge you to reach out to someone this week. Tell them that you're praying for them. Share, share this video with them or share a, a word of encouragement to them or send them a note in the mail. Clean it real nice before you do that. Send them a note in the mail be the church. God wants to be present right now in this chaos through you and through me. He wants to show others the goodness of God. Here's the last thing. God is here through his word. That means that we can expect the good news to have the last word, no matter what the news brings tomorrow. I already mentioned it, but I'll say it again. I am watching the news more than ever before right now. Tracy and I, we sit down at at 5.30 and we watch the nightly news. Our kids make fun of us. That's fine. All you youngsters out there, you can make fun of us. 
But we love to watch the nightly news just to kind of get caught up to speed. We're watching news from all different outlets just to get different perspectives right now. I encourage you to do the same thing. But here's the good news, is that God's word has the final word. That even though we, we turn on the news every, every night and we're like, oh man, I thought we were doing better. Oh man, I thought this, this was gonna be over by now. I want you to know that God's good news is the only solid news. I mean, we're all looking for something that's, that's solid and, and immovable and unchangeable. God's word is the only thing that's unchangeable. Take a look at how Peter says it in 1 Peter 1. He says, as the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Now these words, Peter's actually quoting from Isaiah chapter 40 in the Old Testament, written hundreds of years before Peter wrote this, before Jesus even came and went to the cross. And these words were written to a people that really could understand this. Because if, you, if you're a student of the history of the world, you'll notice that this is so true. People are like grass. I think maybe for us in, in America, we've lost sight of this. We, we feel like we're in control and we're not. We feel like nothing can defeat us and it can. The economy was going great and now what, right? Maybe you were healthy, your family was healthy, your business was going great and now what? I think it's taught us this lesson that people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. These are things that we cannot rely on. These are things that are not solid. They're not immovable. But it says this, the word of the, God, of the Lord remains forever. God's word, God's, God's mandate remains forever. Think about how God created the heavens and the earth, how, great, how God created everything that we see. Genesis chapter one, the first chapter in the Bible, it tells us how. He spoke the world into his existence. What does that mean? God's word is so powerful. God's word is, is immovable. God's word is solid. You can take it to the bank. And that's why, I, again, I encourage you to read his word even more than you watch the news because God's word can give you hope and God's word has the final word. But I wanna show you what Peter does next here. We're gonna end, we're almost done here with the message, but he, he, he quotes this in Isaiah 40, but then he says this. He says, the word of the Lord remains forever. And then he adds his own commentary. Here's what he says. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. I love that Peter says that. Now what he's referring to, you notice good news is capitalized. He's referring to the gospel. And if you're new with us today, if, if you haven't been attending Alpine very long, maybe you've only been attending online, I wanna make sure that you understand what Peter's referring to. What is the good news that he's talking about there? Here's the good news. It actually starts with bad news. The bad news is you're broken. The bad news is I'm broken. The, bad, the Bible calls that sin. The bad news is we all have a sin problem. In fact, everything that we see right now with this pandemic is actually the result of sin. The Bible says that the world is broken and that's why there's, there's disease in the world. It's because the, there's something not right in the world. And maybe just now you're realizing that that's true. But here's the good news. So the bad news is we're broken. The good news is that Jesus died for our brokenness. The good news is that Jesus, who's God, 
that Jesus came to the earth. He put on flesh. He lived among us. He dwelt among us. He endured suffering and pain for us. And though he was perfect, he died like a criminal. He went to the cross, the perfect for the imperfect. He died on the cross for our sins, for my sins, for my brokenness, and for your brokenness. And the Bible says that if we would come to him and recognize that that good news is immovable, the Bible says that if we would come to him and turn to him in faith, and this is such good news, the Bible actually says that you can't save yourself, you can't work to make up for all the bad things you've done in your life. No, the Bible says the good news is that you just come to him in faith and say, I recognize I'm broken. I recognize I'm desperate. I recognize I'm in need. I recognize I can't do it on my own. The Bible says that when you do that, that he will accept you as his son or as his daughter, that he'll save you. Now that's good news. Here's how it says it in Romans chapter three, verse 22. I love this passage. We are made right with God, not by working hard to overcome our sins. No, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And who's this true for? This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. The good news is, God is still here in the chaos. God is here by his spirit in power. God is here through his people, the church. And God is here through his word. His word that never changes. His word that is true. It's not fake news. It's true. And what God's word says is that if you turn to him in faith, then you would be saved. Maybe this whole pandemic has allowed you to shift your focus to God. It's caused you to to look for answers to questions you didn't even know you had a month ago. And I just want to invite you to find the answers in God's word. God is here. God cares about you. He cares about what you and I are going through in all of this. And he wants to reach out and save you and rescue you. If you're watching this, even just right there in your home, if you're watching this and, and if you would say, you know what, I've never, I've never actually given, my, given myself to Christ. I've never actually told Jesus that I need him to save me. If you wanna do that today, I wanna invite you just right now, even before we have the worship team come up and close us with one more song, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer like this with me. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross and rose from the dead so that I could have life. I'm turning from my sin now and I'm turning to you in faith. I trust in you alone to forgive my sin and give me new life. Thank you for this free gift. Amen.